I am ashamed to say that after 25 years of driving, I got caught speeding. Now my wife would argue that I've been incredibly lucky up until this point, but because it was my first time, I had the option rather than to have points on my license and pay a fine to go on a speed awareness course. Now, I'm not sure what I was exactly expecting uh, from this course. Perhaps they would throw the rule book at me. They would make me feel guilty. They would enforce the, the, the law uh, on me. But actually, it was very different to that. What they, they did, they spent time asking the question, why do we speed? Then they spent some time talking about the consequences of speeding. And then they gave us some practical ways in which we could not speed in the future. Now we're going to be looking together at the Sermon on the Mount. These are the teachings of Jesus. It's recorded by a guy called Matthew. You could say it's Jesus' manifesto. He talks about the things he believes in. And he talks about the way that uh, the, his followers should act and behave. But we perhaps should not see this as a rule book that's thrown at us or laws that are there to be enforced but rather Jesus is looking at why is it we have behaved the way we do and how can we be better in the future see this is not a rule book where if you follow the rules it's a golden ticket to heaven now what Jesus here is is searching below the surface looking at the human condition and trying to enable his followers and us to live full, joyful, better lives as citizens of God's kingdom. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus, these teachings are an amazing uh, way of making life better for everyone, for ourselves, for our family, and for the society that we live in. And this, we're gonna look at in this session at the first part of uh, Jesus' teachings, where he looks at the twin topics of sex and violence. So let's look together at chapter 5, verses 21 to 48. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who's, who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fall, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering a, your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. 
It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes a victim, her a victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the oaths you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for God, or for its God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one, even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? and are not even the tax collectors doing that. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now before we delve a little bit deeper into that passage, I just want to give you a little bit of the context of these, uh, these words of Jesus. Jesus was living in Jerusalem and Israel at a time when there was violent nationalism, you know, the Jews fighting against uh, the Roman uh, occupiers who had conquered them. It was a time of puritanical hypocrisy where um, laws, the Jewish laws, were being um, studied and preached. But the problem was is that whereas if you were rich, you're able to follow the rules. If you were poor, you found it incredibly difficult. So you had this separation in society between the rich and the poor. Well, you had teachers of the law, Pharisees they were known, who were consumed with following the, God's law to the letter, looking down at people that weren't able to do that and were therefore kept away from having a relationship with their Heavenly Father. And what Jesus is doing is speaking into that situation. Those Pharisees, those teachers of the law, he says to his followers, your righteousness, your rightness with God needs to be even greater than the Pharisees who follow the, the laws of God. 613 laws in the Old Testament, if not more, that they've added to later. You know, these guys who follow the law perfectly, you need to be better than them. And what we find is that Jesus calls these Pharisees hypocrites. In other words, what, how they behave on the outside is not a reflection of what they're like on the inside. And that our righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, not because of our behaviour, but because of our 
hearts. That actually change happens to us on the inside first and foremost that results in an outward change. Whereas the Pharisees were more concerned about our outward change rather than what was happening on the insides. So what we have here in this sermon is Jesus digging below the surface and finding out what is going on underneath that's causing these negative behaviours. And as we read the passage, you probably noticed a pattern going on when Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say to you. You have heard it said in your Old Testament readings, in the laws, in the things that the Pharisees have taught you, that you know you shall not commit a mur murder, you shall not commit adultery. It talks about divorce and swearing falsely, about getting revenge, about loving your neighbour and hating your enemies. You're saying, well, that's all the old stuff. But if you're using that as your kind of level, your definition of what a good person is, well, whoopee-doo. Actually, if you're just saying, I haven't committed adultery and I haven't committed murder, therefore I'm a good person, then Jesus is saying, I would argue that that is not the case. And there are some, some deep-seated issues that we need to sort out and Jesus goes really extreme here if we look at just a few of them he says you know you, sh you have heard it said to the people long ago you shall not commit sh you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment obviously it's the same now but I tell you tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will also be subject to judgment if anyone calls someone in my in Bible it says raka a nothing a nobody and you're just as bad as someone who murders. Now, we know that that's not going to stand up in a court of law, but what Jesus is saying is there's something in your heart that is causing you to act that way. And yes, at the end of the spectrum may be murder, but you're still on that spectrum where you're calling someone a nobody. He talks about it in the same way when it comes to adultery. Verse 27, you've heard it said that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Once again, adultery is at one end of the spectrum, but you are still on the spectrum. You're committing adultery in your heart. Remember what I said, that's what Jesus is concerned about here in his sermon. What is going on on the insides? He talks about it in divorce. Now I'm going to be talking about divorce and remarriage in a separate video, so I'm not going to delve into, into a huge amount of depth here. But basically he's, taught, he's speaking into a patriarchal society where a man could do whatever he wanted. The women couldn't file for divorce, but a husband could, and he could do it for pretty much any reason that he wanted. If he was upset for his wife because she'd been nasty to him or burnt the toast, he could divorce her. And the consequences for a woman who was divorced were terrible. Not only would there be the disgrace and the shame of being divorced, but this woman would be driven into poverty because the only people that could provide for their families and work were the men. So for Jesus, this is a justice issue. But what, we, what Jesus is doing and what we can do is look at these words of Jesus, look at these issues of murder, divorce, anger, adultery, lying, revenge, all this stuff, is see that actually what's happening is below the surface there are a whole load of 
deep-seated issues, a fallen human condition that is common to all of humanity. Contempt, lust, selfishness, lying, falsehood, anger, revenge, hate, discrimination, fear. All these things are in our hearts and every now and then will bubble to the surface and cause all these terrible behaviours. And really what is at the heart of all these things is a selfishness and a pride that says, I am better than you or him or her. And I am more important than you. My needs, my wants and my desires are more important than your needs and wants and desires. That my self-gratification is more important than your well-being. We see that particularly in his words on adultery, where looking lustfully at someone is just as bad. And really pornography, I guess, is the most obvious example of this. Well, we don't care about the person that we're looking at on our screens. All we care is our own gratification. We don't care whether that person has been sex trafficked. We don't care about what has led them to do these things. We don't care anything about them. All we care about is ourselves and our sexual needs and desires being met. And really across the board for these about sex and violence, hate and murder, divorce and adultery, What's the root problem of all these things is our own selfish desires and our need to place ourselves above someone else. But I think probably the most challenging uh, words of Jesus in this passage are found in verse 43, which says, You have heard it said that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, if you love your friends and hate your enemies, when how does that make you any different to anyone else? How does it make you salt and light? How does it make you distinctive and different to people that don't follow him, don't follow Jesus? You know, even the tax collectors who were hated at that time, even they do that. But no, you need to love your enemies as well and pray for them. You see, as we come to an end, there's a litmus test, some questions I want you to consider and reflect on to work out what is going on inside. Rather than looking at these rules and regulations and going, well, I haven't murdered anyone, I haven't divorced, I haven't committed adultery, then I'm okay. Now, what I want you to do is we start going through this series on the Sermon on the Mount is to start with asking yourself these questions. First one's this, how do you treat people that you don't like or maybe don't like you? How do you treat people that have no benefit to you? They're not going to help your social standing, they're not going to help you get on in life. How do you treat people who have no benefit to you? And then lastly, how do you treat people who perhaps have a negative impact on you, on your reputation, perhaps. I'll just share you with you uh, briefly um, something I was ashamed of. I remember someone I knew um, 
I saw in town, but they were a little bit odd, a little bit strange, and they said hello to me, and I felt completely embarrassed because I was being connected with that person who was maybe in the world's eye, uh, eyes in a different social standing. I felt ashamed and embarrassed because they'd identified themselves with me. And it was after I was reflecting, I think, why, why did I do that? Why did I feel that way? I'm no more important or better than they are, and yet my heart's response is to push them away and to see them as a negative influence. See, that's what Jesus is talking about here. So take some time just to ponder on those questions and think what is going on below the surface.